just getting up or just getting out the door, we get it. Life in SoCal isn't always 9 to 5. That's why Today in LA's team is going strong at the crack of dawn for you. Shauna, her forecast will tell you what to wear. Alicia, her down-to-the-mile traffic will keep you in the clear. Adrian and Daniela, they'll break down all the morning's breaking news so nothing takes you by surprise. It's simple. You wake up, we'll open your eyes. Today in LA for you. Starting at 4 a.m. Get ready to hit the button. Previously on The Walking Dead. Dad, we're holding things together with plastic and tape. We need better tools. Someone who's trained to use them. There's a place a lot like this one. The leader might take you in. You're going to take them to Hilltop. With you. Whoa. Need a ride, stranger? Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Indie Radio presents Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast. The show that breaks down all new episodes of your favorite zombie TV show right here on IndieRadio.org. And now, here are the hosts of the podcast, Kente, Jen, and Olaf. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I am so happy to be here with you wonderful people tonight. I know last week we weren't on, so we're going to talk a little bit about last week's episode as well, but uh, mostly it's going to be all about the episode that we had tonight. So, let me introduce my crew. I'm going to start off with the one and only, all the way from Hawaii, Jen. How you doing, Jen? Great. It's a little chilly out here in Hawaii. I think we hit a low last night of about maybe 60. So, yeah, it was really cold. Sorry for everybody else that doesn't think that that's cold. It was really cold. We had sweat jackets and uh, hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am... Uh, I'm from LA, so yeah, 60 is cold. I'm, that's me. I gotta have my uh, my mitts on and all of that stuff. <laughs> so, right? The Vaseline on the face, <laughs> all of that stuff. So, but I'm glad that you braved the cold to be with us tonight. Yeah, I'm here. All right, all right. And also joining us is the one and only, the captain, Captain Olaf Barbosa himself. What's up, man? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? It's like you know. I'm sorry you had that cold weather of 60 degrees you know i mean because for me yesterday uh it was i think 25 uh mm. now today was a heat wave we had a whole whopping 56 today so <laughs> well break out the shorts Ooh. yeah almost did as i went to work almost broke out the shorts because it means 56 degrees you know here in the great great state of indiana so. <laughs> yeah. we actually had snow yesterday <laughs> oh wow yeah, it didn't stick, wow. but it didn't stick around. But we—it uh, was cold enough; it actually snowed. <clears throat> well, fun, I, fun, fun stuff. But it's like, yeah, it's uh, always, always fun and enjoyable to be here and to chat up the show with you guys. Yeah. Interesting, interesting episode tonight. So it was, it was, and we're gonna, we're gonna chop it up. So you know, we're gonna uh, talk a little bit about the last episode. Um, 
um, episode six, Who Are You Now? But I think we we'll, we can just talk about both of the episodes as one. And um, in the previous episode, they introduced some new characters and they did a huge, obviously, time jump, which they did at the end of the uh, episode five. Um, so now we're two episodes in with these new characters and there's, you know, quite a bit of conflict and, you know, the first conflict was, will they, will they not keep them? And are they hiding stuff about their past and Michonne having to deal with, uh, this idea of should she, or shouldn't she not, uh, ha you know, let these people in ultimately not deciding to let them into her own place, but take them to some other place, uh, the hilltop. So um, I'm gonna start off with you, Jan. Uh, what do you think about these these new additions to the character, and also uh, one being deaf? Okay, so <clears throat> new additions. First of all, the, I know we didn't get to talk uh, at all last week, but uh, last week's episode felt really good. I liked it. Um, I like the people that came in, except uh, wait, I shouldn't say it that way. I really like the idea that there's new people because every time there's new people, there's always drama. But I really liked the sort of diversity in this sort of new little group. Um, and if you read the graphic novel, then you'll know that Magna is actually a fairly important character. I don't know what they're going to do with her in the series, but in the comic, she's she's got a big role to play. So it was kind of cool to see her. Now, which character is that again? Um, Magna. Which is the uh, describer? She's, that's the one that has she, the tattoo on her chest. Oh, the okay. knives. Yeah. She was the, the one that had the knives. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but, the, you know, the other one that I really liked is that I really liked, and I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but she's the woman who's deaf. Yeah. Um, I really yeah. liked her. I, I just that there's some interplay between them all, which is really kind of cool. Nora. What was interesting that's, that's, uh, to me no, about that new group was that's Nora first Nora thank you what was interesting to me about that new group was how how far Alexandria has come in terms of uh, being willing to accept or not accept and also wow Michonne really stepped up to leadership didn't she yeah she is the boss right I was, I mean, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm not too surprised, but I was a little bit surprised at how everybody in Alexandria sort of fell into line behind her decision, even if they didn't agree with her. That I found that really interesting. Yeah, but that was, she was kind of moving towards that position even for a while now. And there was even when Rick, and, when Rick was still around and everything, it was... Oh, Rick's not here. Hey, Michonne, what are we going to do? You kind of see things going to her as the the second in command. If Rick wasn't around, is she was in charge? So, or that's the way I saw it. Is that she was, you know, she's been being groomed as being the head of it for a little while. Yeah, it was just interesting to kind of see her in. In a in a position, well, because yes, because you're right. Of course, she definitely was sort of the number two person, if you will. But the interesting thing to me was watching how even when people didn't seem to agree with her, 
they really wanted her seal of approval. There was just something interesting about that dynamic, but, and also, not but also, and also, wow, Michonne is very mistrusting. Mm-hmm. That's actually, I mean, that's early Michonne, you know? Remember yeah. Michonne yeah. in the beginning, that's how she was. I, I guess that was part of like what you're saying, the thing like tonight is like when you're seeing her in the lead position is because now you know, I mean, she is the one in charge because there's nobody else. So it kind of gives a little different dynamic to her performance and like seeing her in the leadership position because it's not a second in command now. She is, you know, top dog in charge. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. Which, I mean, she does quite, I mean, does well. Very good. Very good at it. And like you said, people want to listen. Yeah. So... Let's talk about uh, the music teacher, um, his character. Let's start off there. Um, Because I think that, uh, you know, uh, he's one that obviously stand out. That's Luke, by the way. Uh, He stood out pretty well. And, you know, you know, he you know, he seems like he has a little comedy relief. Uh, He has that thing working for him. And, you know, Maybe they need a character like him, you know, that might have been lacking. Uh, overall, what do you guys think about Luke? He, you know, he reminds me of Eugene. Mm. Not in, in, in a direct correlation, but just in sort of a, a character kind of like, you know, that you think maybe. Not that we didn't think at the beginning that Eugene was important because obviously he was, you know, lying and all that stuff. But this character feels like a Eugene leader. Like, maybe you don't think you really need them, but maybe you really do. Luke is Eugene's father. Father. <laughs> it's like, Eugene is Luke's father, yes. I am your father. <laughs> Somebody had to do it, so. <laughs> Eugene. Also, also, you know, one, one interesting thing that I think that they're trying to do this season well this like break uh not break this in the in the in the well i'll call it the post uh rick aspect the post rick apocalypse it feels like they are trying to uh introduce a little bit more diversity into not just the character base but into sort of the character skill set and it in a strange way that kind of sets it up to be a little bit more interesting because it's great to have fighters but eventually that becomes nothing but weekly cowboys and indians with you know it just doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of substance there but when you introduce characters that have a lot more skill sets or have interesting and diverse paths that they can contribute things to the communities with then that starts to feel like yeah okay you know a friend of mine said i'm not watching the walking dead anymore because it's turned into just one giant zombie soap opera and i thought about that for a little while and i thought you know yeah but in a way that's actually what people want they want weekly drama that feels like yeah okay we're following these people's stories this is what we're doing does that make sense? No, it makes absolutely perfect sense what you're saying. I mean, you know, and I feel like that too. You know, to be honest with you, and this may sound sacrilegious, but 
I don't care much for the zombie action as much as I used to, you know? Yeah, me neither. Like, it's almost like, okay, they have to, you know, obviously they have to have it in there. And if it was not there, it wouldn't be, you know, obviously that wouldn't, I wouldn't like that either. But, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, you know, get through it, get through it. Okay. And then we want to see, you know, what's well, happening next. Well, part, some of it too with the, with the walkers and stuff is like going, you got to wonder, I was like, okay, how many years can this dead body keep walking around? before it deteriorates into nothing. Mm. You know, that's what I keep wondering, is how many years these walkers are going to continue to walk around before the, you know, they're dead, so, you know, they should start well, decomposing. He wants, some to, he wants to know how are these walkers well, it walking. It, it, it <laughs> depends, though. It depends on how, it depends on how fast they are replenishing their right. numbers. Right. So, I mean, we're seeing a small little geographic area, but we have no idea what's happening to the north or the south or the east or the west of them. And so because of that, you know, there could be whole populations that get turned pretty quickly. We saw how fast and how tenuous the entire situation in Alexandria was. And if all of those people had gotten turned, that would have turned into, you know, a little mini group that would have then been off roaming the countryside. I don't know. I mean, like I can see sort of how this continues and, and how it, but, and, and I do think in episodes past, we have seen the makeup department, special effects department do a really good job of showing us what happens to the walkers as they decompose and start to deteriorate. And so clearly those become less of a threat. But and, and even in tonight's episode where we saw one of the walkers who his the flesh of his leg was so bad that as he was pulling toward uh, Daryl and the dog, his, the, all the flesh actually just fell apart and it lurched him forward. So, I mean, I, I think they're actually trying. Yeah, it kind of appears that, yeah, it kind of seems that way. Like you said, they're kind of like starting to actually fall apart. Which they should, right? I mean, they absolutely should. Uh, but again, there's always going to be, I feel like there's always going to be fresh walkers until we figure out, you know, what comes at the end. So, you know, I, I almost don't want to mention, I don't know if y'all saw the next, next on. Like, you know, uh, what's going to come next. Yeah, I, I, I probably shouldn't even bring it up, but what the hell? Did y'all see? I, please tell me. I know we, we want to break down the whole episode, and I'm skipping ahead, but please tell me, walkers weren't talking. They're, they're not. Yeah. This is this is part of the whisperers. So, and I won't give anything away by spoiling what the whisperers are, but. This is not what you think it is. It's not. This is oh, not okay. Walker's talking. <laughs> okay, because I, I was about to just say, this the end of the show. <laughs> like, okay. Well, and, and we know that that's not even possible, right? Because we remember from the CDC how he explained about the disconnect. Uh, I can't remember the exact words, but there is there's a disconnect in the brain, and only one function of the brain is basically keeping the the zombies alive. It's so, the primal uh, food drive. Right. And and so, I mean, there's like literally no way that they could be talking. But know, nobody right? else knows that. I mean, 
none of the people who are on the ground would know that. None of the people who are experiencing the terror of hearing Rosita and Eugene hearing somebody, it sounds like the walkers are talking. That would, I mean, that would freak me right the heck out too. Mildly. <laughs> Mildly. Well, then they become talkers. Walker, walker. Then they become walkie-talkies. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's quite ingenious. Uh, you, again, without spoiling anything, it's really ingenious what uh, what the whispers really are, um, because there's there's a whole kind of interesting idea behind it, which in the comics is really good. I I really enjoyed this part. It was uh, it was interesting. It was unique. It was. Um, it's it's a bit adversarial, um, but it's it's so cool. I I think everybody's gonna like it a lot. It, it feels like the show is moving in that direction, but it, it also feels like a really slow rollout, which in some ways is good. I I feel like the last episode and this episode are sort of like we have to catch up on six years of understanding what's been happening between the groups, and we know that um, we know that Sanctuary fell apart. And those people are basically all gone now, thanks to Carol. Um, so we know right now that the two thriving communities are Hilltop and Alexandria. And, and just kind of getting to know what's been happening with them while still introducing new characters and still kind of moving the plot forward, it feels like a big chunk. But I have to say that both of these episodes have felt a little slow to me. Good, but a little slow. Yeah. What did you guys think? No, I agree. It was really slow. Like I, I was ready for something sort of big to happen in this episode, and it. Not that I wasn't happy to learn all the information that I did, but I feel like it could have gone a bit faster. Also, I really didn't understand, and I hope that I do in next episodes. But I really didn't understand why we had to spend so much time with Daryl and Carol in his little camp. Right to to make us want to have Daryl go with Henry. I I mean I I'm sure there was a purpose there. Daryl is now Feral. God, I feel like Doctor Seuss. I don't know what the point was of that. Well, I think it part of it was to uh, show off his uh, animal naming skills for his dog. Uh-huh. And it, it's like on, and, and you know, I'm sorry, he had a very creative name for his dog. It was Dog. <laughs> it's Dog. Okay. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Yeah, well, I guess that's what it is. Um, and then I mean, it was, it, it was interesting to see, you know, okay, well, Daryl's been gone a long time and. Carol's clearly worried about him, but I don't, and, and again, you know, this could have something to do with the six year time jump. We know Michonne and, and sounds like Maggie had a pretty big falling out. Um, and I don't think it was related to Negan either. Uh, but we, but maybe there's something that happened between Daryl and Maggie because weren't they just like buddy, buddy. I mean, again, Obviously, we don't have enough information, but from the information that we do have, the point of seeing him in that camp felt really uh, like it was a 
like it was just sort of stuck in there and it just didn't, I don't know, it just felt weird. Maybe it was just fan service so we could get Daryl back in the picture. Well, and it was, like I said, it was to show off his uh, his dog naming skills plus his uh, culinary skills, you know, by skinnings, you know, shooting the snake and cutting the head off and then peeling it and eating it and, you know, all it was his culinary skills and his, like, pet naming skills that's what it was about oh man i'm not asking him over for thanksgiving dinner (laughs) (laughs) well you got it covered though yeah um well it's gonna be snakeless that's for sure oh well then i'm not eating at your house (laughs) hilarious i don't know so all right so um yeah, I, I didn't care too much for the Daryl storyline, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I feel you on that. And oh, just so people know, uh, the people that are on, that are listening, uh, you can um, let your voices be heard. Uh, just uh, message us in the top chat, which is on the right side. And uh, it's on the section that says, say something. Okay, sorry about that. I think get that out the way. Um, I I wanted to be excited for the Daryl storyline because I had heard so much pre-hype about how Daryl is supposed to be kind of the big and upcoming thing. But this felt like such a, uh, uh, I don't know, a whimper into the character that it just, wow. And again, maybe they'll redeem themselves and maybe something awesome will happen. But, you know, it's funny because Carol is the one that I am the most interested in right now. And I feel like I haven't been that invested in Carol in a really long time. And right now, she seems like she's got a lot of stuff going on. And that's awesome. Mm. Yeah, because you love you some Carol, don't you? I do. I, she's amazing. Uh, you know you know what makes Carol amazing? What makes Carol amazing is is the utter ability that she has to be exactly who she needs to be at every given moment. That is some serious post-apocalyptic survival skill right there. And she bakes good cookies. She, I mean, no kidding. She can, she can use subterfuge. She can be a loving, caring person. She can, you know, be a mom. She can care about dare. I don't know. She's just, she's got a lot of stuff. I, 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 and plus two, she's, she is a badass. When she lit all those people on fire, holy smokes. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, pardon the pun. I, I really was uh, both in awe and sort of like, whoa, that's a big leap. Mm. I don't didn't know. you guys that, think so? You didn't think anything about that? It was like corny as heck. <laughs> that, was, that was so corny. <laughs> Okay, well, not the end result. I'm talking about Carol's action. Carol's well, action was crazy. she's just she's just re, she was just refining her culinary skills and trying to have a weenie roast. She she wants some oh, oh, is that what it was? She definitely roasts some weenies. See well, you know, I kind of like the dude from uh, Entourage as a as a baddie. Maybe they should have kept him around. Like, you know, like uh, I love. So what? He disappeared for six years and then came back, and you know. But uh, 
they should have kept him in the mix. I actually liked him. They had established him, and you know, I like that. They should have maybe they. I know they got some some new plans, but I'm just saying. I, I, in a, in a strange way, I, I feel like it was this is Sanctuary's. Uh, it's their final justice. They were just they just couldn't fall into line. They simply didn't have a place in the new world. And so they sort of had to die off because nobody is Negan anymore. Well, except Negan. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Also, also, can we just give a quick shout out to Judith for telling Negan that the only reason that she talks to him when she's doing math is because you don't have to be a good person to do math. <laughs> I mean, I just love that. Man, I like that girl. That, she's that some sounds, serious. That's, that sounds like something you would say. It, why, maybe that's why I like it. I guess maybe I have a cold heart. <laughs> also, also, you know, looking at Hilltop for the first time after the six years, wow, those people have been industriously busy. I know. I mean, talking about good leadership. See, see. Oof. It's the leadership. It's uh, Jesus. When you get behind Jesus, this—that's what happens. <laughs> I feel like there's a metaphor in there somewhere. You know, one team, one group is following Jesus, and the other—they look what they're doing, and then uh, you know another one is following Ezekiel. Oh wow! So they are bringing the new people to Jesus. See? That this is wow. This is getting really meta. Yeah, very meta. Yes. See. I'm telling you, that, man. What do you think I about did, that? I did. I liked the idea. Okay, wait. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you guys something. Okay, so what did you think about Jesus and uh, and what's his name meeting Aaron out the Aaron? Yeah, to meet out uh, beyond the scope of everybody. What is going on there? I don't know. It I was love. tactical training time. See, I mean, he jumped him and, and knocked him off the horse, and they were fighting back and forth. It was it was a training session. And you don't think there's anything like slightly uh, homoerotic, uh, relationshipy kind of happening there? Homoerotic is what you're trying to say. He was trying to, you know, just literally knock him off his feet. So yeah. It's a romantic, romantic movie. He just, you know, knocked him off his feet. So they're going to have Jesus uh, uh, in a homosexual relationship? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm asking the question. Not, I, it felt a little bit like there was some kind of something well, other than just, but I don't it, know what. You can look at it this way. Notice, okay, Rick's gone. Shane's gone. Oh, they're gone. You know, and Daryl doesn't have any to, anybody to romance with, so... You know, Jesus and the other guy, you know, they're, they're the new bromance. So, I mean, the series. so then he, they can have him over for spaghetti once they hook up. There you go, have him for spaghetti. It, it kind of works, kind of works. Yeah, I think that's where they're going with it, to be honest with you. Uh, that's kind of what I thought, too. That's why they killed off his boyfriend a couple of seasons ago, so that they can uh, put him with uh, him. Because he doesn't seem to care too much about women, you know? Didn't seem to. But but it's hard to tell. And and I, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks that in the post-apocalypse, when your population is so small, that you would sort of redefine 
different kinds of boundaries, different kinds of ideas about relationships, just because not, and I'm not talking about just from a sexual standpoint, I'm talking about just from like a relationship standpoint where you actually need human interaction. It does seem to me like people would sort of redefine what they think is uh, appropriate, not appropriate, necessary. Are you saying we're going to, we're all going gay after, uh, I, I don't think I don't think that's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying I'm, that, you're scaring me here. that you're, you're, I think we would be more open to yeah. having deeper relationships with people, despite the fact that they were either from the same gender or opposite. You know, I, I just I feel like the need for human interaction would supersede a lot. You know what? Except you know what Darryl, that sounds like coming from you. You know what that sounds like. You, you sound like a person who literally reads Playboy for the articles. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, no, you know, it's a zombie apocalypse, so we're going to have a deeper... No, no. I think you go to more of a base level. I mean, you get more tribal than ever, I think. Uh, you're, you're right. In, in one sense, you're right. But in another sense... Uh, I don't know. It's it's when things are at peace and when there isn't conflict that people start reshaping stuff. Mm. You don't get to you don't reshape. Didn't we talk about this the last time? You don't get to reshape society while your society is under threat, right? I mean, your society doesn't change when you're at war. It changes after the war is over. Because that's when you get to do all of those things you can't do any of those things unless you're at peace and so i don't know it just you don't turn it, it do, i don't think huh? you turn gay because of the zombie apocalypse i think that was in you the whole time you just it, it's like it's like alcohol alcohol people always say oh man i got drunk and i did something i regret or what i didn't no 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 all alcohol does is releases your inhibitions and do what you always wanted to do and that's how i feel like so if he's doing, if he's hooking up with Jesus, I mean, um, Aaron, uh, then um, that's who he always was. He was always suspect, though, from the beginning. Uh, well, I, suspect isn't maybe the right word that I would use. I would just, I mean, I'm, I guess all I'm saying is just like, I, I in, okay, in a way, I'm really glad that the show is not afraid to bring some of these things out because it is it's at least worth exploring on a on a on a level that we don't normally see post-apocalyptic anything explore so it is kind of nice it's a little bit refreshing mm. you do have to wonder why there are not very many babies being born though don't you i mean we know of two we don't know very many others because they practice safe sex in the zombie apocalypse. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would. I, I would. I would really like to understand that a little bit more because well, I really don't. Think, think about it. In other words, there's no real, you know, shower facilities or bathing facilities. Everybody getting a little on the kind of, you know, kind of on the, uh, you know, ripe side. So there's your, there's your birth control right there. Like, mm, no. But if you think... <laughs> If you stink, uh, then uh, you ain't going to probably notice other people stinking. So we're all just coming together, spunking up the place. <laughs> uh, 
I actually have yet to see a group of characters from The Walking Dead who didn't actually practice super good hygiene. So clearly they've got... Maybe they have all the keys to all well, of the restrooms along their route. There is one person that you got to wonder about sometimes, and that would be your buddy, Daryl. <laughs> okay, yeah. Everything that I say in this podcast is excluding Daryl. Yes. Well, uh, Daryl, Daryl don't look like he's seen uh, water uh, for a while. Yeah, I think he's going to miss I, it. I, 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 I feel like that's just Daryl's default. Daryl's default is is not. He's not dirty. Daryl's default is just I'm unkempt and nobody cares. This is just who I am. Mm. I don't know if it makes him any more attractive. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, clearly clearly, people find Daryl attractive. A lot of people do. I, I'm just saying, I just I don't see it myself. That's all. Ooh. I know. <laughs> That's probably really bad. But you know what? I didn't think that Rick was very attractive either. Well, well let's, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that will bitterly fight you on that. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, um, I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, I think that these whole dynamics are interesting. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you think about them making this whole where's Eugene thing such a pivotal thing? It's like. <laughs> well, have you noticed that Eugene sort of has kind of stepped up? I mean, you know, like in uh, where like now he will actually go after the walkers and kill them. And he's developed some, you know, killing skills actually pretty good. And, you know, he's, he, his character kind of has, to me, made some, you know, about faces and, and is actually, you know, more uh, helpful than just being, oh, I'm smart. You protect, I'm, instead of being just, I'm smart, protect me. Now he's kind of holding his own a little bit. Well, and remember when they went up to that water tower, all that stuff is still there. So that I mean, I I realized that some of it might not be usable after it got dropped so far. But that all the they put that stuff up on the water tower to get that to see if they could get better reception, right? Right. And that was Eugene that came up with the plan and uh, and sort of. <clears throat> And wait, what did he do? Uh, I'm trying to remember what he did with Gabriel when they were in the uh, in that little office place. But they did something, and mm -hmm. so clearly Eugene has a bit of uh, electrical skill or electronic skill that right. the others don't have. So I, he, I think he is actually a valued member. Um, well, but, uh, it's I was, uh, what I was going to say after you know he after he served. Uh, Negan for a while because uh, they were like, oh, he's the scientist and he's a smart guy and knows all this stuff. You know, now he's not, you know, with them anymore. He seems to have brought his new skill set to the old group, and and he's kind of stepping up and being being more 
being more of a contributor than just a taker. You know, he's actually giving back to the group instead of just like protect me, protect me, protect me. Now he's doing stuff on his own to, you know, uh, to protect himself and also to, you know, help move things forward with the rest of the group. Well, right. And I mean, he definitely has grown a bit of a spine because right. I can't imagine. Well, actually, you know what? I can imagine. You know how I can imagine? If if somebody that you were so attracted to that you were willing to tell them, hey, you know, I think maybe you might be making the wrong choice and hey, maybe you should look over here at me. If that person was going to go out and do something, you actually might step up and do it even if you didn't even if you wouldn't have had the courage to do it by yourself. So I kind of can say that maybe uh, his ulterior motive for going out to the water tower had nothing to do with Gabriel's want to try to contact anybody because he really wanted to talk to Rosita. He really wanted to tell her all of that stuff that he told her. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he also, it, it really did seem to me like he was at the very least holding his own in, in terms of, of being um, more capable as a person, more of a person instead of just sort of um, a, I don't, I don't want to call him a coward, but he did seem really super cowardly. Although, let's face it, without Eugene, the... Without Eugene, basically, Sanctuary never would have fallen. There's no way. Right. right? The saviors would have been, they would have been the victors. Right. So they do owe him a great deal. Yeah, not Rosita, though. Ed, <laughs> now, I don't know if you remember back in, like, some of the early, a lot of the earlier, some of the, you know, much earlier episodes, like in 4, season 4, season 5, um, notice Eugene actually came out and said, I am a coward. You know, he actually admitted to being a coward. Oh, yeah, that's and right. He did, he, didn't he? And he said, you know, I needed I needed you all to protect me because I am a coward. So now he's, well, so I say he switched. Now he's holding his own. He's actually making kills <laughs> and not, you know, not being, you know, he's not being like, oh, protect me. I'm smart. You know, now he's like, he's diving in. he's rolled up his sleeves dove in and started uh started helping out but but what i was saying is maybe he's doing that because he's trying to impress rosita and honestly if they tried to go to a him hooking up with rosita storyline i i swear I, that might be that might be <laughs> that might me. be a bridge too far yeah <laughs> i mean come that would make no damn sense in on no planet it's hard enough for me to imagine Rosita with Gabriel, but it's I could see, a, about a I could billion see, times harder with Eugene. No, I can see Gabriel. I mean, Gabriel had his moments early, but he's been a, you know, he's been a uh, really good for a while, you know? And, um, but I just can't see. That is just too far. That, 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 well, the, that, the thing that is, be... G Gabriel's always been pretty solid. Yeah, so I can see Gabriel. I can't see. Uh, I don't. And don't give me that nothing about he he saved the group and all that crap. Uh, yeah, he did, but you know, uh, he still has so many losses in the lost column too. So, he's he's no Abraham. Look, he ain't no. Uh, I mean, I can say he's a no a lot of people. So uh, 
you know. Well, I was just trying to keep the core group together, you know. No, I did, when I, you know, I'm sitting there like, you know, because he, you know, that is, when I saw that, I was just like, okay, they reaching. <laughs> you know, they they reaching on that. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's something that Eugene really would do, though. It, it did. It it didn't feel inauthentic to me. It, no, I'm talking it, about the and idea. I don't think... I'm talking about the idea of of him and Rosita is reaching. Well, I'm, oh, I don't know. Maybe. No, okay. I ain't, no, I don't know. You know I'm right. So I don't even know why you're oh. acting like I, you don't know I'm right. <laughs> I'll I'll accept it for now. I guess I'll I'll think about it. I'll reflect on it. There's no reflection. You know I'm right. So uh-huh. there's no, there's okay. no need. No, hey, look, they have a saying when you play uh, when you play um, dominoes, study long, study wrong. So <laughs> sometimes you don't need to do all of that. It is what it is. But uh, you know uh, he's never really been one of my favorite characters. To be honest with you. Um, maybe it's residual from him, you know, all that, you know, the lion and all of that stuff. Maybe I just hadn't gotten over it, but, um, I've never like come around on his character. I mean, you know, he had, obviously they gave him those moments where he, you know, he had his heroic moments and, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's cool. But, you know, I'm like this, uh, he need to do more than that. See, you know, this is the problem. This, that's the problem, though, when you have uh, a show that is set around and this is why the the exit of Rick is so difficult. When you have a show that's set around a clear, are you for or are you against whoever is the main protagonist that gives you the moral compass of the show. When you remove Rick from the moral compass of the show, now you're sort of left with, well, I don't know where you actually stand. Mm-hmm. Because our it, it's it just becomes a little bit more sticky until we actually have that that definition, if you will, I guess. Um, but but it was pretty easy for us to either like or dislike Eugene based on whether he was for the Rick's group or against Rick's group, and he's done both. So yeah, I don't think there's any. There's no good reason to actually think, oh, yeah, yeah, we should just all forgive Eugene. Yeah, I mean. He's caused a lot of problems. Yeah, and, you know, and and he's, there's something skeezy about him. And to be honest with you, like, he's the kind of person that, you know, you can make an argument that even when he turned, when he turned back for the group, that that was a self-interest more than anything. I think they want you to believe that his character did it, you know, because he had this loyalty. He really didn't have that loyalty like that. I felt like he he realized, okay, my bread is better buttered better with that group. It was I think he did it out of a selfish reason. I don't think I love how people are so willing to just be like, you know what, all that stuff you did, man, we we forgive you. Like, no, I don't think he did it for. Uh, I think he, I think he, when he sided with the governor, remember he was liking that. He was all for it, and then he started realizing that you know what, that uh, maybe this ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you know he, you know when when he goes, I'm talking about the governor. I'm the governor. I'm sorry, uh, Negan. 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 When he so freely kills 
you know, uh, his lieutenant that was by his side, you know what I'm saying? Even though they had, you know, they were after each other. I mean, they, you know, you can justify it. He knows, man, what, at what point is it going to be when he decides that he wants me off? Because, you know, it. because he always keeps um, talking about, um, I'm talking about uh, uh, Negan, always kept like this thing like, you never know when all of a sudden you might just fall out of favor. And, you know, next thing you know, you're getting your face burnt off. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never know. Like, you know, at what point am I going to get my face burned off? Because something, you know, he perceived something I did negatively. So I think when he... And, and that's a really good point. And again, this sort of goes back to, <clears throat> you know, when you're for or against the protagonist, it's easier... <clears throat> excuse me, to sort of judge the moral compass of the character. And so far, everything that we've ever seen from Eugene has always been a kind of protracted self-interest. So even when the long game seems like, oh, maybe he's coming around, it it almost always tends to be something. And that's why I'm saying that I can see why he went off on that journey to the water tower in in this in the context of, I really need to talk to Rosita because I don't like what's happening between her and Gabriel. That like that felt like, yeah, that's selfish Eugene, that's what he would do. And I'm not diminishing the fact that Eugene has stepped up and, and was able to do things that he previously hasn't been able to do and kind of, you know, gotten a stiffer spine and all of that. But he still behaves with that sense of, uh, I just want to be wherever I want to be. And if people can't understand that, well, that's their fault, not mine. And it just, he always feels, like you said, he always feels really sketchy and skeevy. Yeah, like, let me ask you a question. Uh, would you trust, you're a mother, would you trust your kid in his care? No. No. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, all these people who are like, Oh, he's coming around. I'm like, are you kidding me? I wouldn't trust him. He's had moments, but they were always self. Like when Rick does things for the groups, from the group, like it's for the group. He sacrificed his yeah. life. You know, uh, same thing you can even say with Daryl. He, yeah. he, he, he's willing to die for the group. Like he really is someone that, you know, he, he's made his decision that if it come down to it, that he's willing to die or put his life on the line for something he believes in, which is the group. Man, do you really think that that he feels that way? Hell no, he gonna always do what's best for him. So, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and even trying to talk to Rosita when she's in a relationship with uh, Gabriel, that's skeezy. It really was, wasn't it? Yeah, I, thought, I really so, thought it was. Yeah, so, and he don't, you know, and is he going to man up and uh, if, you know, if it came to blows over that or whatever? No. So that, that's why I'm like, you know, I he's a character that I just, you know, it, I just find it funny when people give him a pass. Like, and I'm like, him? Because like, he, he had one moment where he, you know, and you know, I'm like, yeah, that was a selfish moment. That wasn't a moment where you could sit there and say, um, Oh, okay. He's, uh, you know, he is come along, you know, he's come along and, and all of that. It, it's almost like, um, with Merle, you know, um, people would say, Oh, he wasn't racist anymore because he, uh, he, um, helped out, uh, Michonne or whatever. 
You know, <laughs> and it's like that. You know, it's like no, he helped out his brother. He knew Michonne was a fighter. You know what I'm saying, and that she would give him a better, a better um, chance to survive if he. You know what I'm saying, and uh, he, but people always say, "Oh no, uh, that showed it right there that he had changed." I was like, "Stop it." Well, you know, uh, uh, okay, so this sort of goes back to what we were talking about before with Carol in the in that all of these characters have made such a long journey and the time jump has really heightened that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But that but the 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 journey that everybody has been on thus far has sort of given us an opportunity to see the best and the worst of who they can be, right? Mm-hmm. And And that's why I say when newcomers come in, it's kind of interesting because we've already had kind of a long past with a lot of these characters. But what we what we oftentimes forget is that that long history is made up of a lot of choices that we can look back on and say, yeah, you know what, they're probably not going to change their colors that much. I mean, remember how you were saying that this is old Michonne? Well, that sort of goes back to that idea that, right, underneath everything else, Michonne is still Michonne. Mm -hmm. And so if we know that Eugene was Eugene when we first met him, then we can assume that he probably isn't so far from that character. I mean, they don't really do that with the characters on The Walking Dead that I've seen, except the notable exception is Carol. They really have taken Carol on... A, a, not just a long character arc, but on a journey of a character arc with her. So she's, I think, the notable exception. I think that's why so many people love her character because they see the, you know, the, the arc, you know? And that's, you know, that is good writing when, um, you know, you take a character, you know, especially over time and you can see, you know, the arc. You know, that's what I you know, agree. That's, that's what you I try very to much do. Agree. That's what you try to do, you know, as a, you know, shoot. Well, the, the, the thing that the thing that happens on The Walking Dead, which I feel like is, is something uncelebrated because it's so mundane, but it actually is what makes it good, is that there is both integrity and continuity in the characters that we see. They don't suddenly one day wake up and act completely different than they were the day before. There's always sort of a, and even in the time jump, there's always sort of a bit of a um, uh, an easement into it if they're gonna change. And then they will still revert back to, Daryl was, was very much a loner for a really long time. And if this is his go-to behavior, even though I didn't understand the the mechanism by which they were trying to tell that part of the story, I still understand that Daryl is a loner. I still understand that his go-to coping mechanism is to be alone because he doesn't process well with other people. And maybe if his character arc brings him in contact with more people again and again, you know, he acclimates and he changes. But remember what happened with him and Beth. I mean, there's, there is this kind of like, there's, there's this beautiful symmetry that feels like it happens with the characters on The Walking Dead where they do something, they retreat. They do something, they retreat. They do something, they retreat. And it's not untrue to their character. The same thing could be said true for Rick. Rick very much was like that too. I love how you say it's beautiful symmetry. 
That's one way of putting it. <laughs> that is beautiful symmetry. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting way of putting it. You are so you're like the most hopeful person. I gotta give it to you. I, you know, I, I feel like I'd probably be the first person to die in the zombie apocalypse because I do have optimism. <laughs> I'd be like the one that would definitely not make it because I have too much hopeful optimism. No, yeah, I trust everybody. Actually, actually, I like that. that I like that, um, you know, somebody who has that kind of attitude about life and stuff like that. It's 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 good. It, you know, you would be pleasant until you, you know, you perish. Until I ultimately die. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I, 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 and look, yeah. like two years later, I'd be like, you know, I kind of like that that Jen. She oh my God! Cool. Remember when Jen said, remember, yeah. "Oh, we can all take hope in this." Right, right. Well, but that, see, that wouldn't that wouldn't be your name though. It wouldn't be Jen. No, you you would be known as Walker Bait. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Justin's wife. Oh, remember Justin's <laughs> wife? She was so awesome. <laughs> Justin's wife. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. boy. boy. Charles Vane is jealous. <laughs> Justin's wife. the One of the most cruddiest characters ever on the show. And you go marry him. Yeah, okay. Well, perception is everything, so whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Justin's dead, so it doesn't matter. That's what I said. <laughs> Justin's dead. But, but I mean, but realistically, if if the hopeful optimist is going to die, then you might as well just give me my props, okay? Because <laughs> hilarious. Now, then you yeah, you would probably perish right with him. <laughs> There's but, probably no doubt about that. But, uh, I, we're going, you know, yeah. I, I I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about the ending of this episode. Oh, okay. Uh, go ahead. Uh, the uh, ending was I don't know <laughs> it was I didn't okay. I mean I, I mean I I don't really have much of an opinion on the ending of this episode I just it was like well, okay, okay so, well I mean so, you know it, it, it's supposed to set up the the mid-season finale and it was kind of um how can I put it You know, it was, um, you know, I mean, it was cool. I mean, you know, oh, we got to go run out and save uh, Eugene. I, I I didn't really, really love it because I don't like Eugene. So, you know, I'm like, forget Eugene. Let him die. <laughs> you know, oh, that's God. my attitude. So, but, uh, but um, I mean, you know, I, it was okay. You know, I mean, it doesn't get me really that a hunt for Eugene is not, it's not like the search for Spock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, right. It's like I'm not a you know that isn't. It's not going to get me excited. Oh, we got to go save Eugene! Please don't let Eugene die. It, well, it's not like that. well, clearly, I mean, just based on what we just saw from the what's going to happen next week, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the point I think of getting them out there to find Eugene is to actually identify that. Oh, hey, there's a group of walkers that are behaving really abnormally, right? But I was thinking more along the lines of how they made it almost mandatory that Michonne go to Hilltop. Right. I, because I, I have very mixed feelings about that. First of all, I don't like people bossing Michonne around, even if it's the writers. Just definitely 
oh, makes God. me think that they shouldn't do that. But secondly, uh, you know, uh, there's something about that that feels contrived. And I, I don't, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that always feel contrived. But this one, I, I don't know. Like, did it feel too protracted to you? Like, oh, did, did, was there really a doubt that she was not going to go to Hilltop? Because I didn't think that. I thought all along something's going to happen and it's going to make her go to Hilltop because she's fighting against it too hard. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty obvious. I mean, that's, you know, typical movie TV show stuff. I mean, I didn't, I really didn't, I, I didn't take too great of offense to it or anything because, I mean, you're sitting there going, she, she's going, you know, like. There was exactly, no, yeah, exactly. There was no doubt of it. So I didn't, you know, it didn't, I didn't put, I didn't make a, a thing of it. You know what I mean? It's just, you knew that it was, it would have been a surprise if she ended up not going. Then I'd right. have been like, oh, hey, that's surprising. <laughs> you know? Also, did, did it feel to you like, like maybe the point of bringing Carol to Hilltop, bringing Michonne to Hilltop, bringing the newcomers to Hilltop, uh, having Daryl be at Hilltop, that maybe that maybe Hilltop is actually sort of the uh, the central point now, and I mean just based on the sweeping sort of you know camera shot coming in of how thriving Hilltop is, it, it feels like maybe we're being set up for Hilltop to be even more important than Alexandria. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that was pretty obvious. Yeah, I got that the same thing. Yeah. I just- I just wanted to know if I was the only one that noticed it because it didn't, I mean, it seems to me like in Alexandria, yes, they're making some buildings and yes, they're kind of making progress and strides and it's really nice. And, but it feels to me like the action is actually at Hilltop. Yeah. It also conveniently leaves Judith in Alexandria, just kind of interesting. Poor Judith. She just got on the show. I swear. I was just curious if you guys saw the same thing that I did. No, I saw the same thing, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. This this season started out really good, but it's starting to regress into that thing that we we often talk about, you know, when we don't like the show. So uh, it's... The Walking Dead black hole. Yeah, so I'm a little, you know, I was... You know what? I'm one of the biggest critics of the show, but, you know... I'm not, you know, I was enjoying it, but then I'm getting a little nervous. Maybe, maybe it's just, I I, I don't know if that's really true though. What? Well, I I don't feel like they've regressed. I feel like, I feel like the loss of Rick is a big enough pause in the story and the time jump is it's a big enough pause in the story that it's going to take us at least two episodes to get back into the meat of whatever is going to happen next. And that that's not a bad thing because if it had started off with just like, let's say that they were confronting who the whisperers were, or if they, if some other big thing was happening, then I feel like it would leave us feeling too jarred. This, I, the episodes were slow. I mean, I, I made that criticism myself, but in a way I kind of think that that's what is necessary to ramp up whatever can happen next because nothing can happen next until we establish not just what the characters have been doing, but what their current strengths are right now. You're, I think you're a little too nice. Do you know nice. what I mean? I think you're a little too nice because 
it's either good or bad. Either you er, you enjoy it or you don't. It's pretty simple. So whether no matter look, it's like this: if you paint a a picture, right? And let's say your kids are grabbing at your ankles. The uh the 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 water and power man is banging on your door. All of this stuff, and it leads you to not do your best work, right? When you put it out on the market, nobody wants to hear about what you know all of that crap. They just want to know is the thing good or not. And my thing is, okay, they know Rick wasn't going to be on the show. They know this, right? So it's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Like. Uh, you know, how are you going to, uh, you know, this is when you're supposed to shine. This but you is, don't, you don't think the, that you don't think they put forward solid content. They, uh, n- not post Rick. No, uh, really? no, it, no, it was, uh, the last two episodes were snooze fest and I don't want to, you know, like, I, and my thing is this, you, cri- you don't criticize a show because you dislike it. You criticize a show because you like it. If you don't care, you don't say anything because it doesn't matter. So what I'm saying is we want the show to be great, you know, and I think right. I think there's stuff that <clears throat> that's there. It's just that, um, you know, I just it's just not maybe it's because it's nine, nine seasons in maybe, you know, maybe maybe there maybe it's beaten on a dead horse. Like, you know, maybe uh, uh, maybe it's just nine, nine seasons into a show of this type. It's just, I, you I, there's nothing to do. I, 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 I just disagree. I, I disagree because uh, although, disagree okay, about. again, there, wait, 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 wait. they were there's slow. No, there's nothing to disagree about. I mean, it's my opinion. So my opinion is not wrong. It's how I feel. I, about I it. didn't say it was wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying I disagree with it. That's all. And I, I think that although the, the, I don't even think the pacing was slow. I don't think the pacing in each episode was slow. Episodically, it felt like, yeah, okay, beginning, middle and end. For a second, third act, I mean, everything lined up and felt pretty on schedule and and right. It's just that they were slow in terms of like, okay, well, what major story did we get advanced and how did we actually learn something about what maybe is going to come next? And that part did feel a bit slow. But I also am totally in sort of a different mode now post-Rick where I don't know who the characters are after our six year time jump. And not that I don't know them. Remember I said continuity and uh, they've got a really good integrity with the, with their story strains, but I need to understand how Rick's loss has affected everybody. And that I think is sort of slow to unravel. And I don't think I want it all thrown at me real quick. And I don't think I want to jump into the next conflict as quickly but, either. But see though, I'm not saying, okay, I'll give you this. What I'm saying is, I think we need to redefine slow. I kind of hate when, when, that, when people say it's slow. Um, because to be honest with you, there are other shows like Game of Thrones, there's epi- and I hate to compare, but there's episodes where there's not a lot of uh, fighting and all of that stuff. But it's always interesting. It's always intriguing. It's always like you know what I'm saying. There's there's uh, uh, for the most part I'll say because there might be some episodes here and there. But for the most part, it keeps your attention, even when it's not you know action and dragons and all of that stuff. And that's where Walking Dead doesn't have that kind of thing going and and i can take that show like the the show the leftovers there was no action on that show but it was intriguing as hell you know what i'm saying like you were always intrigued 
You know what I'm saying? And The Walking Dead falls into these pit holes, these potholes, or whatever you want to call it, uh, or plot holes, <laughs> uh, where it you know, where it just gets into this malaise where you're just not interested in what's going on on the screen. And it's not that it's slow. It, you know, it's not that it's no action. Cause to be honest with you, my, my favorite moments are the, the, the moments without the, the, uh, the, the zombies. So I don't care about the action necessarily. I just want to be intrigued by the storylines is what I'm saying. Hmm. Yeah, Cause it, it's, it's kind of not really slow. It just gets, um, more, I guess a better term would be dry. It's just, you know, it's just kind of dry. It's just like, okay. There's no there there. And, 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 you know, and it's, it, if it was like every once in a while, it'd be right. But, you know, sometimes they get like two or three episodes that are just like, really? You, you know <laughs> what? Uh, the terror. The terror, very little of the episodes had action in it. Right? Right. But they did such a great job that they built up this momentum to when you got to the action, it was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, the, you know, by the writing, the acting, the, you know what I'm saying? Now, of course, they only did one season, so, and it was a beginning, middle, and end. So they, you well, know, to be fair to, you know, it's a little harder when it's an ongoing, you know, uh, show. Right. Oh, well, I mean, even if you pull, like, some of the other shows that we've done, numbers, okay, Black Sales, there was out of the four, out of out of four seasons, I think there was one, maybe two episodes that were kind of eh, but the rest of them, and they didn't all have fighting and, you know, battles and stuff in them, but it kept you interested. Even even the ones that didn't have any real fights or anything in it, it still kept you interested. So, uh, so I'm, I'm thinking about all the examples that you guys just gave, and the one thing that stands out to me as being the one of these things is not like the other is the walking dead has not had the luxury of having the same group of writers with a vision or the same vision except that they're basing the information off of the graphic novel and it's and it's become sort of uh, a writer soup of adaptation and so I, I mean, every time you get a fresh writer or a fresh writing team in there, it does feel like something sort of dynamically changes. And the, but I, I'm, I, and I guess I can see what you're saying. I still think, though, that that it, I like this season so far more than any season since the i guess governor. maybe since the governor no i agree that this season is better but i'm just saying that it, it I, the only thing i'm saying is it was interesting until they got to here now um it the, my fear is that it's going to get into that that space where the the show is there's a certain space that the show operates in where it's yeah. a negative right um, yeah, and, and, yeah, and I, I can see there. that. I mean, I've I've had lots of criticisms about that too. And it wasn't there up until these last two episodes. These last right. two episodes. Now, sometimes though, with a long season, now, to, you know, to give them some, you know, they do a longer season than the average uh, cable show. Um, there is a certain point where, you know, it, it it probably would benefit from having less episodes. I know fans don't want to hear that. It probably would be better at a twelve, like a six and six versus an eight and eight because it just seems like it's just you know if they could keep the same budget but with eight episodes 
I'm sorry, with uh, 12 episodes versus 16, I think it would make it, maybe it would tighten, you know, tighten up the storylines and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, but, you know, um, my, like I said, it's been a really good season. I, up until this last two, it's been very good. And to be honest with you, no, there's no excuses. You got to perform. So, you know, if I, if I go, look, if I go over to your house on Thanksgiving and, that food isn't amazing. I don't want to hear that uh, your kids were <laughs> was, <laughs> was coming in the room. They threw you off your game. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna judge the plate you put on my on the table. <laughs> so, but you know, and it's unfair. It's really unfair because, uh, but life ain't fair. Uh, Stephen A. Smith says a fair is a place where they judge pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah. So, but no, and the, the the reason why I say this is we want it to be great. You know, we want the show to be great again. Right. Make Walking Dead I, great again. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna hat. Now, I'm. I'm uh, I, I will say this. It's like Jen, you are right. When it comes to the you know the apocalypse, you're not gonna last long. You're too nice. I'm too nice. <laughs> I, I, I I I I actually I was just gonna say that I really like the dialogue this season mm-hmm. more than I have liked the dialogue in a really long time. But I also recognize that liking the dialogue means that people are talking a lot. Yes. And that that just okay. by sheer virtue of what it is for the walking dead means that people aren't doing a lot or that, that they're that they're conveying things in sort of an idea sequence instead of in an action sequence. And so I, I do, I think I understand. I was just reevaluating my own sense of, you know, well, why, what is it that I find this season that's better than, you know, whatever. And why don't I see what you're seeing? And I think that might be it. You you might be right. I might be a little bit blinded to the fact that, it's it hasn't been what I have wanted it to be in a really long time, and now I feel like we're moving back into sort of that content goodness, and I'm not ready to let it go. So yeah, yeah it could and, be. And, and and you know what? Um, like I said, you, you know, you are a sweetheart, and you know, me and uh, Olaf we're crabby. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Grumpy old men, right? So we're like, you know. So you are for, uh, you are for, um, you know, the uh, you know all the the sugar and the spice and everything nice, and me and Olaf, we're the crabby ones. You, you mm-hmm. can be the cantankerous ones. Yeah, that's I'm, us. it's like I'd be the cantankerous. You be the walk. You be the Walker bait. So we're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, no, but like I said, I this. This season has been very good, and I'm, you know, uh, overall. So mm-hmm. I will definitely say that, you know, um, for the most part. It's just like, okay, you know, just keep it going, guys. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> keep it going. Don't, you know, don't lose your momentum, you know. So especially with, uh, you know, all the stuff with the uh, the ratings and all that. So before we go, let's, let's take a look at how it's raining. Uh, I'm scared to look. Uh, so I know it took another punch. Po- oh yeah, let's see the post Rick ratings. It uh, was it was pretty severe. 
Oh, okay. Well, you know what? We're going to find out. I know some fans hate it when you criticize the show. And it's like, we criticize because we love it. So calm down, everybody. You you know, I, yeah. If you don't love something, you don't even, you don't. And it's not, we don't hate on it. I don't think any of us would be here if any of us were really hating on it. None of us would show up to the podcast. Well, me right. and, uh, me and well, Noah, because we, we, we like showing up that it's, it's, this is like our, this is the sh- us doing the show is kind of like our water cooler time. This is like, on. did you see the episode? What do you think about this? How about, you know, it's, this is our water cooler time. So, no, you know what? I mean, oh, so the have... way to make you guys nicer is just to drug your water. Pretty much. Yeah, that doesn't really work. That's like they've tried that before with me. Real, it's like the drugs don't really. They haven't. They haven't figured out which drugs actually make me nicer. You know what? <laughs> it, it's held pretty. See, I, I was like the thing of it is. See, I've reached that. I said I've reached that point in life or the age in life where you know uh, life in prison is not a deterrent anymore. So I don't. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> well, uh, I'm looking at the ratings, and it held really good uh, from five to six. I mean, based on what, you know, uh, what it's been getting, uh, it actually... From, are you talking about from post-Rick, or are you talking about post-Rick. after last week? No, no, post-Rick. I don't know. We don't know about tonight. They haven't re- did the ratings No, I, No, but we, we're missing a show. No, that's what I'm talking about. Did, really? Yes. That That show actually did pretty well? Yeah, I mean, it did It did the same as the, the Rick show. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, virtually, did the, it's a, virtually the same. So that's pretty good. Uh, it held strong. Yeah, it's not I, not bad. I I had actually. It's wow. still low, low, okay, well, low, low for that show. I mean, this season's been you know, low, but I have it on the screen. You see, five forty one, and then the next week five forty. So that's right. Wow. Thing. That th- there was an article. Wow. Okay. So this is this is why everybody you should verify your sources because mm-hmm. I actually had read an article that said that there was a huge dip after Rick, mm-hmm. and the speculation was can it even come back? Um. It says. Uh. I mean, just based on that, it's, it says it's the same. Well, maybe. Wait, it is Wikipedia. Maybe, uh, let me see. Yeah, it says Working Dead, work, uh, Walking Dead uh, rating steady after Andrew Lincoln's. Uh... No, it was it's steady after. I mean, it, it didn't go down based on what it was doing, but it's still down from last year. That's what. Well, saying. Uh, you know, I, I, I look at The Walking Dead a lot like I look at uh, Game of Thrones, in, just to use that correlation again, because mm-hmm. the, the, the core group of people who are invested in the story, I feel like they are they're invested in the story. They're not going to go anywhere. And it doesn't matter whether there's a little pothole here or a big dip there or something dramatic or whatever. It's the ratings will go up when there is something huge happening. But the ratings will I I feel like the ratings will always sort of have kind of a level bottom because there are that many people that are interested in the story story. I don't know. It I think I mentioned this before, but it reminds me of the kind of diehard fandom that Supernatural has. It's like, it doesn't matter how many times we see Sam and Dean do the same things. We know what's going to happen, but it's still, it's a familiar place to be in and you're invested in it. So you continue to watch. Mm. Ben, can you imagine the crossover if we had uh, 
Sam and Dean on The Walking Dead. Wow. You mean with Supernatural? <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> okay. That'd be interesting. Uh, do, you, do you know how many new people would watch The Walking Dead if Sam and Dean made it Okay, that would be so... That would be so uh, desperate. <laughs> I feel like you're right, but no, just throwing it out there. Yeah, would it be worth? This is why we have fan fiction. This is why we have fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, I, oh. fan fiction. Oh God, don't even start it. <laughs> if that did, if that's what's in the fan definitely fiction. add a different twist to the show. So it could be, it could be a good, it could be the shout in the arm it needs. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, I, I, no, I forbid it. I mean, I absolutely forbid it. No, no. <laughs> on no, that note, it's not happening. On that note, uh, um, I want to wish. Uh, well, you know, I, I, let's start. Let's start with uh, with uh, God, Jen. Uh, how can people get you in social media and tell us about your websites and all that good stuff? I'm on Twitter at following bliss one, and I'm on the web at www.moviesmakethemeal.com and critical laughs with two L's dot com. And uh, what about you, Olaf? How can people get you? Well, you can follow me on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Olaf Barbosa. And we'll throw something out here. I'm going to actually, I'm going to start a, uh, a kind of, a, I guess, a challenge for me. Uh, Kente knows it's like every year uh, around about this time of the year, uh, we get close to Christmas and I do my Santa Claus thing. So I actually have a full full on beard that I grow out so I can play Santa. And as soon as I'm done with my Santa, uh, it comes off. And for the next month or two, I play around with different uh, different uh, style, you know, hair or facial styles. I go like a bat stash or, you know, Tony Stark or, uh, you know, the, some of the, what is the, what was the other one? The, uh, not Game of Thrones, but uh, <clears throat> Hunger Games uh, styles of beards. So I think I'm going to try to put together a little contest. It's like, and let you all, the listeners, decide what I should do with my uh, beard, hairstyle and beard, after I get done with Santa. So just have a little contest, and uh, you know, y'all can send in your, what you think uh, would be a good, good, uh, good look for me and. For a couple, for about two months, I can about every two weeks I can I change my beard. Anyway, so <clears throat> I think it'd be kind of fun just to see what you all come up with as a style for me. So I will get that put together sometime. But like by the by the next show, it's like how we can do that. But right now, just follow me on Twitter at Olaf Barbosa, and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> All right, you can follow me at Kente F on Twitter. That's K I N T E uh, F. And uh, you can go to our website, IndyRadio.org. That's I N D Y Radio.org. Uh, we won't be on for Mars Venus for the next two weeks, but we'll be back for 100th episode on December the 3rd. And then also, uh, no spotlight as well. Uh, we'll be on, we will be, um, you know, uh, recognizing, of course, Thanksgiving. 
I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll be back for the se- the mid-season finale of The Walking Dead on Sunday next week. So we will see you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Is your check engine light on? Don't ignore it. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and let our professional parts people scan your vehicle for free. We'll retrieve the codes, discuss possible solutions, and even help you find a professional technician if needed. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today for our free check engine light help. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, oh, oh.